The Start On Demand. On demand. Alberta is bringing in new rules to ensure photo radars being used for safety and not a cash cow. Should Manitoba follow suit? The Western final is just around the corner. Is the weather going to cooperate? We check in with Environment Canada's David Phillips. Exciting times for Rainbow Stage. They announced their 2022 season, their first full season since 2019. And the Home Alone house is on Airbnb. Which house from movies or TV would you rent? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, December 2nd podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we do have some light snow falling in downtown Winnipeg, and we are inching closer to the Western final, and we are going to get a check-in at 7.07 with David Phillips from Environment Canada. Greg, is it going to snow on the gridiron? (laughs) It's interesting because yesterday, as I looked at the forecast for Saturday, it looked like chance of snow during the day and then almost definitely snow In the evening, that chance of snow has sort of dissipated during the day, according to Environment Canada. But snow in the evening, and it looks like into the morning of Sunday, the forecast high continues to be right around minus 7, which is where it's been, really, Loren, for almost two weeks now since we've been watching it. But I don't know if either of you are on the Environment Canada website right now. Yeah. The forecast high for Monday right yeah. now is yeah. sunny and minus 21. Yeah, things are going to take a turn, like a serious hard <laughs> turn next week. So we were, we're bringing on David Phillips of Environment Canada at 7.07 because we wanted to talk about the forecast for Sunday's game. But we might just have to move on and move into next week where we're like really serious weather, winter weather is arriving. And by serious, I mean maybe what's supposed to have been here all along, but I don't like it. No, I don't like it either. And when you consider, Brett, yesterday it was six degrees. It was showing seven (laughs) on my vehicle at one point yesterday. Uh, We've really sort of dodged a little bit of a weather bullet for this game on Sunday by the looks of things. Yeah, because it's going to drop to around minus 22 on Sunday night. Um, I'm just trying to see. Environment Canada has nothing so far in their forecast pertaining to wind, but I'm looking at the weather network right now, and during the day, looks like it won't be too bad. Northeast, they're saying 22 to 33 kilometers an hour, but in the evening and at night, it'll be gusting up to 45, so I guess that's where it's gonna where it's gonna cool off. So again, might dodge the bullet there, given that it's the game starts at 3 o'clock, so that but- wind might not pick up until later. Right. I was just going to say, keep in mind, you know, like, we'll, we'll ask David about this, but the, the temperature can go drop quickly. So you might be one of those scenarios where your layers will be pretty key on Sunday. You might, you know, not have everything on at once and then you'll have to add it back as the as the day progresses. So I, I'm laughing at this. Like, we were all eyes were on Sunday and, and, <laughs> and like, they're trying to fool us with this happy sun that's staring at me. Like, just focus on the sun. It'll be sunny Monday, Loren. It's, it's a nice, cute little sun staring at you. No, I see the minus 21. 
I don't like it. <laughs> well, listen, as we head towards Sunday's Western Final at IG Field, we know that thousands of you will be listening to Bob Irving's final broadcast, Loren, right here on 680 CJOB. Oh, man, what a day that's going to be for all of us as we want to just... I'm trying to think of how I'm going to take part, how I'm going to listen in, how I'm going to enjoy what he has to say. And also, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking about how can I tape this and keep this for posterity if I can, because I'd love to just, you know... um, be part of that crowd, but also be part of the people listening in. And so at 7.30 in our small town salute, because 30,000 fans are going to share um, in this game. We want to share places which will be maybe coming into the game, people who might be tuning in, and the place you might be traveling to join us in person, Greg, to yell and scream for your favorite team. That's right. So we know our good friend Tatum Lee. We've had had her on the program several times over the years. She'll be driving in from Saskatchewan to be here Sunday. And from the sounds of things, you guys, she won't be alone in crossing the border with Blue and Gold Allegiance. Here's Bob Irving with the story. Here's a text. Uh, this is a good one, Mike. Became a diehard Blue Bomber fan in 1976, thanks to Dieter Brock, but lived in western Saskatchewan all my life. I've seen the Blue Bombers in Regina, Calgary, and Edmonton, but never been to a Bomber home game. We are making the 10-hour drive from North Battleford, Saskatchewan this weekend Best of luck on Sunday, and let's go Blue Bombers. Isn't that great? Yeah, have a safe, safe drive. Be careful, and uh, yeah, that's fantastic. That from the Coaches Show on Tuesday night with Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving. So let's hear from you. It's our West Final Roll Call. Text us, 204-780-6868. Where are you coming from and why? And where will you be listening from? We want to salute you in our small town salute at 737. Also, we've got tickets to give away for the Western Final. We'll pick a winner at 9.15, but that conversation is going to be inspired by something that Lorenz spotted yesterday as it pertains to being at home alone. Would you like to stay in the house from home alone is the question I had for you guys. And then that's kind of spawned into our 644.5 chat. What house from a movie or TV show would you like to spend the night in? The answer cannot be the house from Home Alone. You can rent this house out for one night, complete with booby traps, pizza, no Macaulay Culkin, I don't think. But you can spend the night there. Is there another house from a TV, movie, film, or other that you think, yeah, I'd love to chill there for 24 hours? You can start texting us right now at 204-780-6868. Tell us which home and why for a chance to win those tickets. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb yesterday morning around 10.55. I was just cutting up some audio to send to our producers, and uh, the door opens and the light flips on because I like to sort of work in the dark in the main studio um, because the main lights are like floodlights, but the light goes on. I look up, and there's Bob Irving. And I say, hey, Bob, what are you doing here? And, of course, I knew why he was here. (laughs) It was going on with Hal Anderson on Connecting Winnipeg for a special edition of Connecting with Bob. And producer Kyle Milroy has put together a Milroy montage to recap. Not too many more days of all this attention. (laughs) No, they're dwindling down, and it'll be a bit of a relief, really, when uh, the game ends on... Sunday, and then I uh, head off to the Great Cup, hopefully, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, for a week down in Hamilton. And then uh, the jig will be up, as they say, hell. <laughs>
Having downtime after the Grey Cup will be nothing new for me because I've been in the semi-retired mode for a few years now. I think when uh, it really hits home will be next year in May, late May, when the Bombers go to training camp and I won't be involved. I think that's when it'll totally sink in. Uh, but I'm not worried about that. I, I'm at peace with what I've decided. It's uh, it's time to move on into another chapter of our lives, my wife Day and I. And so uh, here we go. And I'm looking forward to this last game on Sunday. Um, it's going to be just a perfect way for me to end my career of calling Bomber games, I think, at home, West Final against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Who could write a better script than that? Tim says, Hal, how did Bob get his nickname, Knuckles? We've talked about this before, Bob, yeah. uh, but I'll answer the question with my question, and then I'll let you reply. Tim, I don't think Bob is going to miss the flights to other <laughs> CFL cities. He got the name Knuckles because he's grabbing the seat and the plane because he's so anxious and nervous. White Knuckles, right? Knuckles, Bob Knuckles Irving. That's right. White Knuckle Flyer. Cactus Jack Wells noticed it on a flight in my early years, and he dubbed me Knuckles. And when Cactus gave you a nickname, it stuck, and it has stuck all these years. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Thank you. Terry Hopkins says, uh, Bob, thanks for everything over the years. Have a great retirement uh, from Terry, uh, a.k.a. Hopper and Special mm-hmm. Olympics Manitoba. What about all the great people you've met in sports? Wow. Uh and the great people in this community, Hal, you know, it's, uh, I've been asked a lot from people outside of Winnipeg about, you know, spending my entire career here. And I just rave about our city and uh, what a wonderful place it is to live and raise a family. And, you know, I should be on the Chamber of Commerce because I, <laughs> I extol the virtues of this place everywhere I go. I have heard from people over the years who listen to the game when they're in the stands and, you know, because they get a better idea of what's happening and what some of the penalty calls are and different things. I'll tell you just a quick funny story. Uh, for a few years, we didn't travel a color guy on the road, and I, I picked up, uh, you know, people in whatever city we visited. And a friend of mine who worked for the Vancouver province did the color for me uh, in Vancouver one year, and uh, he, he'd never done it before. And he said, well, I'm not sure I, I can handle it. What do I do? I said, well, as soon as I say something, you say, that's right, Bob. And I said... <laughs> Uh, talking to Bob, uh, hey, we got a couple of callers. Yes, you got now. You got to read all these texts because I see them on here too. This guy goes, Bob was good, but I agree with him. It's time he retired. Looking for, <laughs> looking forward to hearing who his replacement will be. So you got to read them all, Hal. Well, listen now, Bob. <laughs> you you jump in with any that you see that interest you, and so many are coming in and emails and stuff as well. This, uh, so you this jump guy in. Also, this guy also goes, Wow, did Bob Irving die? Enough already. <laughs> And so while I'm sad that we won't hear you call the games anymore, I know you're going to continue to be my friend, and you're going to continue to be that human being that I love. So for me, yeah, bittersweet, but more sweet, because I know you're still going to be in my life, and I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Well, right back at you, Hal Anderson. I've enjoyed every minute that you and I have worked together, and we've known each other. I've made so many friends along the way in this business, and... uh, you know, I'll always have relationships whether I'm broadcasting or not, and I feel very lucky. I'm I'm a fortunate human being to have been at CJOB this long, to have met and uh, become friends with all the people that I have, and you're certainly right near the t- at the top of the list, Hal, so, or near the top of the list anyway. Are you sure I'm not number 34 <laughs> on your list? Paul? Oh, no, 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 you're much higher. <laughs> Am I higher than that? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's been a sweet ride. Yeah. It's not over yet, just about, but not over yet, and uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
Mr. Bob Knuckles Irving. I don't know what to add to that other than what a terrific tribute. Don't forget, Sunday afternoon, West Final, Bob Irving's final call, and we want to hear from you. Where are you tuning in from? Where will you be driving from to be at the game in person? 204-780-6868. Hey, Loren, what are we talking about after Global News at 630? Listen to this. Alberta is looking for ways to convince the public that photo radar isn't a cash cow. It's extending a freeze on new photo radar. It's also looking for ways to show the public that it's either working and if it's not working they want photo radar to be gone so should manitoba follow suit or share what alberta is doing at 637 and we'll have that conversation what do you think i also see that for safety i also see that because you put cash cow on this schedule i'm just noticing now that you put no more no somebody else put that and i (laughs) left that in no more cash cow (laughs) that was for loren it's a it's moo for the cow No, I left. Somebody wrote that in there, and I'm like, that's staying in, man. Coming up after Global News at 7 o'clock, we're going to speak with Environment Canada's David Phillips, senior climatologist, to just get a more in-depth peek at what is happening on the weekend. What can we expect for the Western final on Sunday? Is it going to snow? How cold is it going to get? We'll get all those details in our next half hour. Also, we are asking you in our next segment to text us at 204-780-6868 if you could rent... Any home from movies or TV, any fictitious home, really. It could be something from books, too. It doesn't have to be something from a motion picture. Uh, which one would it be? Inspired by the fact that the Home Alone house is up for grabs on Airbnb. Like DJ saying, the definitely the house from Yellowstone. Oh, yes. Beautiful log home and beautiful mm-hmm. views out the door. And thank you, DJ. Yet another reminder, this is a show. Of all the shows on television, this is the one people keep telling me, you got to watch Yellowstone. Come on, you're one of the couch potatoes. I'm like, yeah, I'm one of the couch potatoes. I watch a lot of things. Somebody <laughs> described it to me as the Sopranos in Montana. Yeah. Yeah. So I it, don't know. It makes you also, in addition to getting that house, it makes you want to get a horse and like just start ranching. Like it's <laughs> so weird. Like, I think I could do this. Like, I think I could corral some cattle into this truck and ship them off. I think I got, I got that in me. Global's Marnie Blunt probably maybe lives in a in a home like that because her in, her social media is all horses and all fishing. And she just caught herself some fish on the ice the other day, so maybe she lives in a Yellowstone lifestyle log cabin. All horses all the time for Marnie <laughs> Blunt. And what's this? Uh, Mockingbird Lane? 1313 Mockingbird Lane from the Munsters. Oh, It's just a cool house. Maybe I will run into Herman and family there. So thank you for that text message. 780-6868. Don't forget, let us know where you are coming from to attend the West Final and where you might be listening for our small town salute shout out. Roll call coming up in an hour's time. And Greg mentioned the Sopranos in Montana. Don't forget we have... Tickets to give away for the Sopranos in conversation, March 5th, Club Region Event Center. Uh, We'll give those away probably around 8.45. Right now, though, we want to talk about how Alberta is extending a two-year freeze on any new photo radar and says it will bring in new rules next year to ensure the device 
used to enforce speed limits is used for safety and not as a cash cow. Transportation Minister Rajan Sani says the freeze on municipalities adding new photo radar will continue until next December 1st. We have more on this report from Global News in Edmonton. Cash cow or safety enforcer? Moo, according to many Albertans. Photo radar has largely become a cash grab. So the province is extending a freeze on any new photo radar and bringing in new rules. By next April, there will be no photo radar in areas with rapid speed changes, such as highway off and on ramps, and no clicking away on residential streets with speeds less than 50 kilometers per hour, unless they're school, playground, or construction zones. As for chronic lead foots, Drivers will no longer have the unhappy experience of getting multiple speeding tickets if the speeding offences occur within five minutes of each other. Zubair Chowdhury isn't sure about the new rules. He represents a busy local community association and has been calling for more traffic enforcement overall, not less. Maybe the government is overconfident uh, on their on its citizens, that citizens are more careful and cautious and civilised when they are on the roads, but, but actually they, they are not. The province suggests using different tools to curb speeding, things like speed bumps and highly visible warnings. Think Edmonton, educating drivers, not punishing them. Photo radar fines will continue to be a source of revenue, but not true unfair tactics such as speed traps, or the so-called fishing holes. Traps and holes that netted 26 Alberta municipalities $203 million in revenue in 2019-2020 alone. It's unknown how much these new rules will cost Calgary. Tongue-in-cheek, it's on our radar. The province says municipalities will have to justify where they put the radar and why, or it will be removed down the road. Adding more moolah isn't a justification. Now, Calgary police are still reviewing the new rules, adding most align with their current practices. However, there may be times, they say, when the changes hinder the ability to quickly respond with photo radar. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney said the United Conservative government respects the right of municipalities to run photo radar, but added there is a limit. He says, we've made it very clear in these revised guidelines, which will be enforced, that if municipalities are misusing the power of photo radar to basically generate revenue as opposed to focus on traffic safety, they won't permit that. Loren? Well, I'd like to know what traffic safety means to them. Are they talking collisions? Does it prove that collisions are down? Is it just talking about speeding being down? And, and what's your line in terms of how much more safe it might make you feel? I mean, look, look, listen, if the speed limit's 70 and you're going 80 and you get a ticket, or if it's 50 and you're going 60 and you get a ticket, you're still speeding. And so it's reducing this. If it's reducing the speeding, is that enough for people to say, okay, that's a good thing? Or does it have to be proof that it's reducing the collisions? Like I'm, I'm on the fence of this one because it's still, you're still breaking the law. And so that line in the story, even that they're going to change the rules so that you can't get two tickets within 10 minute spans still means you've been speeding on and off for 10 minutes. And so I'm, I don't know. I kind of feel like you're, you're still doing something wrong. The question about whether or not you should be fined to the extent you're fined and whether or not cities are adding more to their programs in order to raise revenue 
is a different part of the equation. I, I like in Winnipeg, the revenue is I think about eight billion dollars. It was in 2019. It's been as high as 13 or 14 million, depending on the year. It goes up and down, right? It's not the same as the 200 million figure Alberta used, but it's still still revenue for WPS in the city. But I, I feel like if you're you're speeding and you get caught, that's still on you. I don't know if I need to see whether or not it's made a difference because it's they're just trying to get you to slow down. Well, in Alberta, and I think all of us have driven there. Um, the speed limit is merely a suggestion on most thoroughfares, especially on highways and on the freeways in Edmonton and Calgary. Like if you are on the Deerfoot in Calgary, and I don't know what the speed limit is now. When I lived there, it, I remember it being 80 or 90 kilometers per hour. If you were going that slow, you were getting passed. So there was just no way that you could follow the speed limit and keep up with the flow of traffic. And I just wonder if that's part of it. It's the mentality in Alberta with regard to, yeah, you know what? I know you want me to go 100. I'm going 130. And nobody's going to stop me from doing 130. And if everybody does it, then it's no big deal, Brett. From Winnipeg Police Service, their JustSlowDown.ca website. This is just one of the intersections made safer by photo enforcement. Speeding and red light tickets at Inkster and Airlies are down 90% since 2003. Now, Greg, since 2003, speeding and red light tickets at Talbot and Watt have gone down over 79%. They've dropped 88% at Century and Silver. Winnipeg Police Service says the goal of photo enforcement is to reduce collisions and injuries by reducing red light running and speeding. It also frees up police resources to look after other crimes and more serious traffic violations. And you've got a couple other notes here, Greg. Yeah, well, you know, we can go through that. But listen, there are plenty of bad drivers in Winnipeg. People who ignore the rules purposefully, how do we catch those people on a more regular basis? What's your take on photo radar? Let's hear it from you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Couple of random music notes before we move on here. I see from Peggy at 991's Instagram on this day in 1982, Michael Jackson's Thriller album was released, and mm. it is Britney Spears' 40th birthday today. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, look at that. 40 years of Britney Spears. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We want to give away football tickets. Western final, December 5th, this Sunday, based on your text messages on. The fact that the Home Alone house, the real-life Home Alone house in Illinois, is available for rent on Airbnb, complete with booby traps. So we want to know which house from fiction, which house from movies, TV, or a book would you live in if you could rent it? 204-780-6868. Tell us which one and why. Mackling, let's start with you. Well, I'm on the same page as uh, Suzanne. Could you press play for me, please, Mr. McGarry? Uh, oh, uh, is this it? Uh-huh. Even the recording sounds old. This is from the TV show Dallas. Suzanne says the Ewing house from the show on Dallas because it's huge. It's on a ranch with lots of horses and lots of room to ride and explore. And that was my choice. I'd love to get the guys all together, all my buddies from across Western Canada, head down to Dallas three, four, five days a week, hang out at the Ewing compound and attend a couple Dallas, well, at least one Dallas Cowboys game, maybe some baseball. That would be my choice. Good pick, good pick. Loren, what about you? 
Oh, this was a tough one because I have a, I have quite a few that I've always been curious about. At this time of year, this is going to sound super cheesy. I think I'd take any house from the Hallmark movies because they're so well decorated. Like you're just, you're just like, Oh yeah, that, now that's Christmas. But if it was to pick a, sh- a TV show, I always was fascinated by the, the TV shows from the late eighties, early nineties, like whether it was growing pains, where the Seaver family lived or who's the boss or family ties, they all had houses that had two staircases. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the house in the, the staircase in the front and one in the back in the kitchen. Like how big was the house <laughs> that you needed two staircases to get upstairs? So I just, I'd take any home that had the two staircases. I always fa- was fascinated. Like, well, where does that staircase go? The back bedroom? Like how big are these homes? So I think I'd have to pick. Let's go with the Seaver house from Growing Pains. I think you can actually buy that. I think that's a real actual house. That's a great theme song too, Growing Pains. Um, Jeff Braun, what about you? Uh, for me, it's easy. It's also a, has a great theme song from the 80s. It's uh, The Robin's Nest, which is the big sprawling estate on Magnum P.I., just a, <laughs> in a suburban Honolulu, Hawaii. It's got oceanfront beach, a private beach there, a huge front lawn to go with it, and then this uh, magnificent house that also comes with a shiny red Ferrari and a big wine cellar. So uh, everything good in the Robin's Nest. That's my choice for sure. Another solid pick. Poitras, what about you, Cameron? Uh, you got to uh, stick with Macaulay Culkin, uh, Richie Rich's mansion from the 1994 uh, film. Uh, yeah. McDonald's yeah. inside the house. You don't have to say anything else. He's got a roller coaster. <laughs> he he's, got his own, he's got his own personal <laughs> McDonald's. Oh, man. He can walk in and grab a couple of Jeff Brons every single morning. And of course, right. I, I call it. I call those Jeff Brons, which is just the sausage McMuffin, but... Uh, uh, that's that's uh, Jeff's favorite thing on the planet. So I call I, I you know every couple di- every you know I've been known to grab a couple Jeff Bronze when I'm out in my car in the morning. <laughs> uh, what about you, Forte? I actually would I wouldn't mind going to the Amityville Horror House. You know that'd be oh. cool to stay in there, get a little spooked out. Oh, You're so dark, Forte. So psychotic. Pick, right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> And depending on like which movie, I, I guess I'm thinking about the Ryan Reynolds one. Uh, they're right on the lake, so there's a boathouse. Yes. And the, note, uh, the note, no, sorry, never mind. I'm thinking of the Notebook. That's the different Ryan. Go ahead. <laughs> That's a whole different movie. Yeah. <laughs> She's thinking Ryan Different Gosling. person, different actor. Oh. All, I just ruined the whole thing. Keep going. <laughs> no, I just want to get spooked. That's all. You know, rent it out with my friends for a weekend. Uh, see what the heck goes on. Well, Mick, uh, and we had the, the suggestion earlier for the Munsters house. Mick says, uh, spend a day in the Collinwood Mansion from the series Dark Shadows. The oh. many secret passages and tunnels to explore. Oh, that would be yeah. fun. What about the Adams Family Home? That would be fun, too. I would like, uh, for me, um, I mean, Loren, you mentioned a Christmas thing, which is cheesy. I'm going to, I guess mine might be the ultimate cheese factor then at this time of year because I'm going with uh, <laughs> Santa Claus the Movie. The North Pole. He, oh, perfect. He, this, I got to go back and watch that movie again because I remember just being completely mystified by the the estate, Santa's estate. His bedroom, he, it was like a little treehouse. He had to climb up some stairs, and the whole bedroom was just a bed. Like there was just mattress inside there. And I thought, how much fun would that be? And... If you want to go for a rip, you got eight reindeer ready to go and take you anywhere. (laughs) And they can fly, man. You know what? This is a good call. I think I should switch it up and pick where the Ewoks lived in the Star Wars. Oh! Oh, that was Like that whole tree village. Yes. See, Bag End would be fantastic from Lord of the Rings, but too small. You'd be smashing your head like Gandalf all over the place. I could fit in there. Well, <laughs> just have it built to scale. Well, no, it's, it's got to be Hobbit-sized. I think somebody I actually has hobbit done sized. it. I am Hobbit-sized. 
<laughs> oh, come on, Forte. <laughs> uh, or what about where the elves lived in uh, in the Lord Loth of the Rings? Lothlorien, yes. Yes, in Lothlorien. That would be cool. But yeah, the Ewoks, that'd be fun. Uh, then you could like swing from ropes from tree to tree, Loren. See, I, I, this is, I have to rethink my entire, like I was thinking real, li- you know, a real life situation. Let's just expand it. Like there's a lot of really cool places out there for movies. And Greg, what does Ken say? Ken says that uh, he would like to stay at the Flintstones house in Bedrock. <laughs> that way I could run all the way through the house. Everything I ran past would be the same, the same, <laughs> the same. And you got those cool animal appliances. <laughs> Off grid. It cuts Off to grid. the outside shot and there's only one window. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, it is Thursday, which means after Global News at 7.30, it is our small town salute. And this week, we want to know where in Manitoba will you be showing your bomber pride? Are you coming in from outside of Winnipeg to watch the game? Or if you can't get to the game, where in Manitoba will you be tuning in to the Western Final, whether it's on the radio or on television? Feel free to text us now at 204-780-6868, but we'd love to hear your voice just after Global News at 7.30, so be ready to call us at uh, 204-780-6868. Right now, though, we want to talk about how for more than a month, more than a month. It feels yeah. like it's been forever, <laughs> but it's almost finally here. It's like Christmas just on December 5th instead of the 25th. Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans have had their eyes on one date, Loren, and that is December 5th. So at the end of the day, at the end of Sunday, all anyone in the stands I think will be focused on is the score, of course, and hopefully, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. Yes, but going don't into Sunday, go there. not going there, but going into Sunday, there's another number that we have to consider, and that, of course, is the temperature. How will you dress? How cold will it get? Will there be snow? For more, we're joined by Environment Canada Senior Climatologist David Phillips. And David, if you're listening, we're not talking the score here. You got it? Gosh, I thought you were banning me from CJOB. <laughs> when Loren phoned me, called me yesterday or talk, uh, emailed me, I said, she asked for a forecast, and I said, okay, uh, my crystal ball says uh, Saskatchewan by eight. Oh, oh come on, David. Said, You're not on. So I'm surprised you called me this morning. I, I was going to stay in bed. I think I returned your email with an all caps. You are banned, David, forever know, from CJOB. Uh, and that disappointed me, but I, hey, I've... Uh, I've looked at my crystal ball, and I can give you a sense of what we're still, guys. You know, it's like a, an eon of time when you're when you're at Thursday and looking to Sunday, especially with some weather moving in. And so, but I have a forecast for you. Would you Would you like to hear it? <laughs> Stick to the temperature and the snow, then go for it, David. All right, all right, I will. But you know, we we clearly see a transition. I mean, you guys. I mean, we've been sending out search parties saying, "Well, where is winter?" I mean, it's just been balmy. Uh, we had a you know warm summer in the fall. And and it's almost as if, you know, winter couldn't come back in this traditional kind of way. Well, hey, you know, on the weekend, it's going to be that transition between the kind of warm, balmy, uh, unseasonably mild conditions to, hey, uh, the reality check on Monday where you get temperature highs of minus 21. That's not the 
below. That would be, I mean, that temperature is going to be the coldest that you've had so far from a uh, from a low temperature, not a day's high. But on the Sunday, we see a weather system coming in from the northern plains of the United States. It's going to bring snow to Saskatchewan on Saturday, come in south of sort of Manitoba on Sunday and bring some snow. I don't think a lot of snow. I think about less than five centimeters. It might linger into the afternoon, but I think by kickoff, uh, it will be just flurries of that's it. So you, the snow is not the issue. Temperatures are going to be minus seven. Hey, that's normal for December the 5th for the afternoon. So that's not going to be the issue. One thing you always can't figure out so much is, uh, is the winds. The winds are going to be from the north, northwest, and, and they may be moderate, but the, at the back end of a weather system, they tend to be a little they pick up with some gusts. But my sense is that um, weather won't be uh, a factor. I think choosing the the, 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 the end of the uh, that you defend or play with uh, will be maybe a factor, and I'm sure the coaches have figured that out. And the footwear will be, uh, I think, not a problem, not changing it during the game. So my sense is when you, when you look at some of the uh, football games in the past in Winnipeg, this one will be uh, interesting. Interesting, but but not necessarily a, um, a major issue in the outcome of the game. So we're not expecting a 1977 in Montreal, the ice bowl, anything oh, like that. Right. Uh, no fog bowl, uh, a wind chill bowl. Uh, in fact, when I looked at the Great Cups in Winnipeg, um, boy, I, I think the Great Cups should be played often in Winnipeg because of the four times it's played there. I know this is the Western Final, not the Grey Cup, but there's only been one back in 1991 where the wind chill was minus 26. I think that was called the wind chill bowl. But um, apart from that, my gosh, it was a balmy with temperatures just you know below, just below freezing or or well above. So I, I sometimes think people are scared skinny thinking about playing football in November uh, in um, in Winnipeg. But boy, the the past. Uh, games and the days uh, have never have shown that to not be the case so we're, we're really getting through by the skin of our teeth you are a good point that is i think because what we're going to see is really the the honest weather arriving on monday with uh with pretty uh, the coldest day of the entire year so far and um and then it begins to pick up kind of uh but i think the cold air is finally here harder to get it away now but boy i think it's going to be uh it's going to be sort of unless it goes into overtime i don't think that the uh the 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 the, wind, uh, the, the, the air temperatures the wind chill will be an issue Environment Canada's senior climatologist, David Phillips. Before we let you go, David, Dan, any idea what we might be able to expect for humidity? Just wondering if it's going to be like that damp cold where it doesn't matter how much you're wearing? You know, I, I think cold cold air is is not really, uh, it's, it's really dry air. It's like desert air. So I don't think that will be the issue. I mean, it'll be, but you know, with 33,000 fans all bundled up in long johns and parkas and toques and balaclavas and cheering and yelling and all that kind of uh, anthropogenic uh, kind of uh, heat, well, I don't think uh, uh, it'll, it'll be that uncomfortable. So my, my sense is uh, that humidity with the winds, hey, it won't be, be an issue. But you might want to pick the certain side. I hope that you've got, I would favor if uh, sitting on the north side, if it's going to be north winds. What was that word? Anthropogenic, was it? 
I think I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be man-made. That's hate. it. <laughs> well done. I've never heard that, and I Googled it immediately, and I thought, this is why we have you on, because we learn new stuff every time we talk uh, to you, David Phillips. Thank you very much for joining us, as always. We appreciate it, sir. You're so welcome, guys. Bye-bye now. Environment Canada's senior climatologist, David Phillips, joining us live <laughs> on 680 CJOB Anthropogenic, chiefly of environmental uh originating in human activity. So there you go. Who knew? <laughs> David Phillips knew. That's well, why we had him on. It's emissions of sulfur dioxide. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know anything about football, but he knows lots about the weather. <laughs> That's the only part we're listening to of that whole conversation, the weather part. Okay? Mackling McGarry McNabb, we are asking you at 204-780-6868, based on the fact that the Home Alone house is available for rent on Airbnb. So where would you stay? Which home from fiction would you like to rent? Adam says the house I would love to stay in would be the tree house from Swiss Family Robinson. Beautiful setting on the beach, and what a great place to spend a weekend or a week. And uh, it looks like the, 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 because I know it's based on a book, the 1960 film, but it looks like that tree house still exists. Loren. Oh, I think that's a great poll. I'm trying to... What is the place in Vancouver that I was at? It's in the trees where they've built all these little bridges. Oh, is it Capilano? Capilano, yeah. yes. At the Capilano Suspension Bridge Park. And it makes you feel like you're in Swiss Family Robinson up in the trees or maybe with the Ewoks or whatever. It's so cool. I think it's supposed to be for kids. And I did not want to come down from it. It's fantastic <laughs> just to cruise there. So that's a great oh. idea, Adam. Uh, see, I'm just... <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures of this this. Capilano now, and yep, I would want to live there. I want to go there, as Liz Lemon would say on 30 Rock. Uh, Greg, what does Bob say? Bob says I would definitely go for (laughs) this is out of this world, USS Enterprise, and hang out with (laughs) Captain Kirk and the crew. If it had to be a little closer to home, maybe the house from Charleswood that the trees were cut down for in (laughs) August. Like the one that was moved? Yes, yes, yes. Live local first here on 680 CJOV. (laughs) And uh, Loren, do you see um, this one from PJ? Yeah, so PJ says, definitely the house of Samantha and Darren Stevens. Bewitched was my favorite show growing up, still is. I have the full episode set in VHS and DVDs. To be able to twitch my nose and have that perfectly iced cake or be from here to there. Why this house? I love the feeling of happily ever after at the end of each episode. But really, I just love the house. 24 hours, I would be so excited. Twitch your nose and get some iced cake. That sounds like a plan, PJ. So keep those coming for a chance to win tickets for the Western Final. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. Small town salute. This morning we are saluting you, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans who live outside the city. Yeah, we know there are thousands of you who drive into the city and home again, or perhaps your journey brings you from so far away. You stay overnight in Winnipeg every time you come to a football game to cheer on your favorite team. So this morning, Loren, we are taking a roll call. Yeah, where are you coming from on Sunday and why, or if you're staying home, where Will you be listening from? And, and we think we'd like to take some calls right now, would we not? If people want to call in, tell us where they'll be. Tell us maybe a little bit about your town that you're coming from. And even if you're coming from Saskatchewan, if you can hear us out there, we'll take it as long as you're wearing blue and gold. There we go. Okay, Two, that, that was my caveat. 204-780-6868. Gail, hello there. Hello, how are you guys? We're doing great. How are you? Terrific. 
I'll be screaming my head off. I'm coming from Garson, Manitoba. Yes, Garson. You're coming. You're going to the game. Oh, you betcha! I got the tickets a long time ago. <laughs> At a girl, Gail. Way to go, Gail. How long have you been coming to Blue Bomber games? Oh God, since I was 18, I guess. So you're- early 70s, late 70s. <laughs> So this has been a long time in coming, a West Final in Winnipeg. Of course, we've had some thrilling East Finals over the years, but to have a West Final first time since 1972. Gail, uh, I trust that you'll be screaming loud enough for a handful of people that aren't able to attend, and then that way it'll sound like, you know, 120,000 Manitobans. You betcha. Right on, Gail. Thanks for this. Bye. Right on, Gail. A shot of adrenaline from Garson, Manitoba. (laughs) Kelly, hello there. Where are you coming? Are you are first of all, Kelly? Are you going to the game? Uh, I'm not going to the game, but we're looking for tickets for sure. But we'll be coming from the paw. From where? The paw. The paw. Yeah. Outstanding. As long as the roads are good, we'll look for tickets for sure. Is that where you are right now? Well, right now I'm on the road, but I'm not in the paw right now. How long is that hike? From the pause, about seven hours from Winnipeg. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you can do it in six, but uh, yeah, safely seven. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, if, Kelly, here's what we need you to do. We need you to text us at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Which house would you live in from fiction, whether it's movies, TV, books? And uh, we're picking a winner at nine fifteen. The winner goes to the game. So maybe it could be you. Sounds good. All right, Kelly. Thanks. Thank you very much. We wow. I see. Dan texting, Loren? Dan's texting. He's going to be listening and uh, from... Sorry, he's not listening. He's driving in from Eli, but he's taking his cousin from Steinbach, and then they're going to do the park and ride in St. Norbert to the game. I think it's at the knob there, the bar. You can take the bus to the game. Bruce is going to be watching the Bomber game in Arden, and we'll listen to Bob Irving's last broadcast in Nipois via the CJOB Audio Vault. So he's going to watch the game Sunday, listen to it again Monday. We have a listener who just texted in now to say her brother-in-law is coming from Vancouver. Yes! Oh, wow! That is fantastic. And then going on to Hamilton for the 25th time to attend a Grey Cup. Oh, that's great, Wraith. Thanks, Wraith. I see. Oh, I think we have somebody on the line named Tatum. Hello there, Tatum. Morning. Is this Tatum from Saskatchewan? It is. Yes. <laughs> Greg? Are you driving in, Tatum, this weekend? I am, I will be there. What sort of uh, provisions have you made, Tatum? You know, there's a little bit of snow in the forecast. Tell people, first of all, how long the drive is, what town in Saskatchewan you come from, and and how this, uh, you know, blue and gold obsession uh, came in, uh, you know, 45 seconds or less. Okay, I live in Carryville, Saskatchewan, about four and a half hour drive each way, and born and raised, starting with my grandparents, 50-some years, they were season ticket holders. Wow. Are you um, wearing a full snowsuit this Sunday, or like, how do you? What are you packing in, in the car just to make sure you have all situations covered? I've got everything from ski pants to winter jackets to sweaters, and I will decide right before probably kick off <laughs> what exactly what I'm wearing. What kind of boots? I've got minus twenty boots and minus fifty boots. Minus fifty. Yep. You're ready. Why would, so, Tatum, before we let you go, yes. why would you just not just wear the minus 50 boots? Do, like, do they make your feet too 
warm if the temperature is is too warm? They're just way too big and clunky, and I need to jump up and cheer when we win, right? <laughs> well said, Tatum. Hey, thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you. Thank you. We've got time for one more call and a couple more texts. Shauna, hello there. Hi. Where are you coming from? Uh, I drive in from East Selkirk, and I sit with my friends Sarah, Ernie, and Leanne, who are from Beaujolais. Outstanding. So you've got tickets? You're going to the game? We're season ticket holders. We have been for years. Right on. What's this wait been like? I mean, we were just joking earlier. It feels like we've been had our eyes on December 5th for forever now. Are you getting anxious or how are you feeling? Every day at work, we talk about it. We plan what we're going to wear. We've been so excited. And as a teacher, I have a student who's a rider fan. So there's quite the competition in class. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Does he get it? Like, can you fail him somehow? Maybe give him a, you know, an F in one of his classes? Well, she's a pretty good kid, and I taught her brother a few years ago, so her parents wouldn't like me very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to be open to, uh, you know, all, all, all people, sure. all fandoms, uh, regardless of how delusional they are. Uh, thanks for this. <laughs> Have a great day. You too, Shauna. Thank you very much for that. And uh, Rum Hut Kevin says, Bill, James, and Eric are coming in from Priestville, Saskatchewan. Are they wearing the right colors, Kevin? That's our question for you. You know what? It's great. You know, we joke around. It'll be great to see uh, some green in the stands because that'll that'll keep us uh, going back and forth. Kevin's the one that has the Bombers Winnebago. Yeah, Rum Hut Kevin. I I think he does a whole brisket on Sunday for tailgating, so he cannot have the rest of the family wearing rider green. I just feel like he wouldn't stand for it. Treason is the word that comes to mind. But Kevin, confirm that for us. Are they rider fans or bomber fans? 204-780-6868. Where will you be checking out the game from? Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have tickets for In Conversation with the Sopranos. March 5th, Club Region Event Center. We're giving those away in our next segment. And we're giving away Western final tickets at 9.15. Based on your text messages, which house from fiction would you want to stay in? Because the Home Alone house, it's a real house. And you can rent it on Airbnb. But if you could pick any house from a movie or TV show or from a book, which one would it be? Grant D. <laughs> okay. Grant D says, Good morning. I would love to stay at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, hold on, okay. hold on. Let's just let Grant finish his story. Okay. Grant says, The girls can go because I already have the only one I would ever need. Mm. The mansion would just be sheer luxury with the exquisite pools, the beautiful gardens to walk in, high-end food, high-end bevies, nothing to do but enjoy with the one I love. Oh, See, there was someone else who texted this morning who also suggested the Playboy Mansion, but their text just went on to say, and if you don't agree with me, you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I thought you were going with this one. It basically was like, don't call me out. Because you'd be a liar. So the one you Fair. chose was 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 uh, much better. I got in a full blown fight with a girlfriend once years ago. Uh, she just said, "Would you ever want to go to the Playboy Mansion?" And I said, "Yeah." 
And he said, why? We're like, who wouldn't? And, uh, oh, my goodness, I walked into a hailstorm on that one. So, <laughs> But Grant, that was re- I thought that was really sweet. He's right. They've got that lagoon and stuff in that mansion. The so- grotto. Oh, is that what it's called? Oh, no, the lagoon. But they also have the grotto in behind the waterfall. I don't know if either <laughs> of you watched the Pool Kings show on HGTV. Oh, that's the show you saw it on. <laughs> <laughs> they build these yeah. incredible swimming pools. Let me finish. These incredible <laughs> swimming pools, these, you know, these mega wealthy uh, Americans that uh, want a resort in their backyard. And every time they mention a grotto, my skin crawls a little bit because of the uh, of of the grotto at the Playboy Mansion. It's sort of a little cave in behind the in behind the waterfall, and you can, you know, probably get into all sorts of trouble back there. <laughs> so keep Just those texts coming. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win. The Western Final tickets will give them away at 915. Now, as we enter the heart of the holiday season, and with months of winter ahead, Harumph, one of Manitoba's summertime treasures, announced its plans for 2022. So from a timeless story about getting exactly what you didn't want from the Eaton's catalog to the most beloved show in the history of the theater, Rainbow Stage, says it's preparing for its first full season of outdoor theater since 2019, Loren. Carson Natras is artistic director for Rainbow Stage and joins us this morning. How's it going, Carson? Well, it's going great. It's nice to hear from you guys and... uh I was so curious how you're going to transition from the Playboy Mansion into a uh, rainbow stage, and you did a wonderful job. Uh, I, I got to be honest, I was a little worried myself at a moment there too, Carson. So, I, but it's good to hear you for so many reasons because, you know, we we would talk with you often. We talk about Rainbow Stage often, but for two full summers, there's been no theater in Kildonan Park, and so I can only imagine for you and everyone you work with and for your organization, you must be thrilled. Is there any trepidation in the lead up to this, given the absence of the past two years? You know, we've accomplished a lot in the last two years, whether it's um, our full day camps, Camp Rainbow, our benefit concerts, our digital concerts. Um, But what we've really uh, missed most is what we do best, and that is putting on a full summer season of spectacular family musicals at our stage. And, um, you know, we're... We're a resilient group. Um, we've done nothing but uh, fight. And um, so uh, trepidation doesn't stop us. We're, we're ready to, um, it's really important what we do. It's really important to get, uh, offer Manitobans something amazing to do in the summer. And we're ready to go full, full steam ahead. Now, you managed to produce a couple of benefit concerts over the past two years. Has that helped make what's coming this summer possible? Absolutely. You know, it's it's really important to stay connected. And uh, so we've managed to uh, bring over 10,000 people through our venue in the last two years. That's just a piece of what we would normally do. But, you know, we're not ones to stay silent. We sing and dance our feelings. So we're the ones uh, <laughs> trying to pave the way to help people come back. And there isn't a better place to do it than Rainbow Sage. We have 2,000 seats. We're selling all of them in a in a safe, uh, in a safe way that's in open air, and um, what else could you ask for? So we touched on, we teased, we hinted at Carson. What's coming next summer? 
And uh, let's start with the Rock Carriers, the hockey sweater. One of my favorite stories, period, from when I was a kid straight through to uh, my adult years and then now my uh, teenage years that I'm living over again. Has there ever uh, been prese- this ever been presented as a play before? It's been presented in so many different ways. I mean, I grew up with the National Film Board of Canada's uh, short film. You know, my son grew up with the, the short story. Um, I think there are, there may have been a play elsewhere, but I mean, this new musical, I flew out to Ottawa to see it at the National Arts Centre in 2018, and it blew my mind. It is uh, uh, absolutely spectacular, and it's going to create new memories for uh, generations to come. You know, we've, there's, there's some, trep- if there was any trepidation, it's like, do people, you know, this story about the Montreal Canadiens and in, in, uh, outside of that market but i've been i've been thinking about how universal the hatred of the toronto maple leafs is across the country and so i think we're going to be okay <laughs> loren how you doing with that one <laughs> i was gonna oh, no, loren, tra- are you a leafs fan no stop talking about them but uh i will carry on to your next play <laughs> That one's happening June 30th to July 17th, so the hockey sweater, the Timeless Canadian story, that's going to run that week, couple of weeks, Carson. And then after that, you're doing Wizard of Oz. And it's so funny that, that you are because I'm, I was just saying that I have young boys and I would like to introduce them to the theatre, but there hasn't been a lot of options, obviously, for the last couple of years. And I had said, you know, I think it would be best to do something where it had a little bit of magic to it. A show like the wizard of Oz, I literally just said yesterday would be a great show to take them to, to get them in the theater. And I think it's a way to introduce that whole world to a whole next generation of would be theater fans. Yeah, it's the perfect show, you know, and it's in fact, the season is designed to help all kinds of kids be introduced to theater. You know, the hockey sweater is a, a way for maybe some people who, who think um, musicals aren't for them, but like hockey is, then uh, maybe that's the show for you. But The Wizard of Oz is that one that, like, you, you just can't grow up without having that story in your life. Like, it, it has aged so well. It is magical. It's beautiful and um, timeless. And, uh, and it's really our show. It's the most produced show in our history. And it's been uh, not since 2006 that we had it on the stage. So uh, the whole generation of kids and families that, it's their turn. You mentioned theater. What you guys do is important. I was just wondering if you could expand a little bit on that, because I've got my own thoughts, but you know, I want to hear your passion on this. Why is it important? Because some people might say, well, hold on. Why, why does he, what does he mean it's important? But I want to hear you explain why. You know, I, we had a friend over last night, and we were talking about it, that at the deepest level, we we share stories around the campfire, right? We listen to live music. We commune in person. And this last couple of years, we've, we've had something in between us, whether it's a screen, whether it's, um, you know, we're, we're, experiencing, we're experiencing life in a way that uh, uh, we're missing that connection I, is the best way I can put it. And, uh, you know, I'm a dad of a 12-year-old, and all summer we're working hard to find ways to get off the screen, get outside, experience nature, uh, safely meet with friends and family in person, and make positive memories in the face of difficult times. And um, Rainbow Stage offers all of that. To come to the park, 
see the beauty of human collaboration of singers, dancers, actors, an orchestra. Like we make music together and create harmony together. And, uh, and that's what we need. And it's, Sorry, because it makes me cry. <laughs> we do need it. It's um, it's been it's hard for everyone, and uh, um, I'll leave it at that. It's it's important to me, and I and it's important to Manitobans, and and um, we're happy to be offering you this gift um, come summer. So uh, we hope to see you out there. It's a magical place, Carson. Your tears are shared by many when they enter the theater, when they sit down for those incredible productions. My grandfather performed at Rainbow Stage in The Music Man. I never got to see him there, but we went every, yes, and he was a barber shopper, and that was one of his life's achievements was to perform there, and we would go every summer, and I'll never forget the first time seeing guys and dolls, and and if you sit in the right place, it feels like the character are looking right at you the actors the same and you get chills and you get tears in your eyes and so thanks for sharing that so freely with us because a lot of us have that same pouring outpouring of emotion when when we're at rainbow stage when we see live theater thanks for this carson oh thank you thank you yeah we go on sale on december 6th on monday uh head to our website or you can call 989-0888 and um you know uh create Create memories like you just described it. Thank you for sharing that. Carson Natras, Artistic Director for Rainbow Stage, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Carson, thank you. Thank you. Mackling McGarry McNabb, a reminder in our next segment, we're giving away tickets for the Western Final based on the fictitious homes you would love to rent on Airbnb. The Home Alone house, it's actually a real house, but of course it was, you know, used in the movie Home Alone. Well, you can now rent it on Airbnb. So Kevin says, Little House on the Prairie, no neighbors, peace and tranquility. Another listener says, Winterfell in Game of Thrones. Mm. That's a nice choice. Kevin asking, does the Millennium Falcon count as a house? (laughs) Why not? If you're living in, if you're up there for a couple of weeks, that's your home. And Trev says, I'd take the house from the money pit because it would probably be cheaper than my current house. So So keep them coming. Last chance, 10 minutes, then we'll give those tickets away. Oh, and uh, Mr. Fortier, who won our tickets for The Sopranos in conversation with The Sopranos? Eric, I'm going to pronounce your last name wrong, but legal. Eric, congratulations. Going to see The Sopranos on March 5th, Club Region Event Center. But now we want to continue the conversation uh, because we've been asking for and receiving your feedback on Photo Radar. It is... A divisive topic, to say the least. This is from Winnipeg Police Service, their justslowdown.ca website. This is just one of the intersections made safer by photo enforcement. Speeding and red light tickets at Inkster and Airlies are down 90% since 2003. Winnipeg Police Service say that the goal of photo enforcement is to reduce collisions and injuries by reducing red light 
running and speeding. It also frees up police resources to look after other crimes and more serious traffic violations. They also say that since 2003, speeding and red light tickets at Talbot and Watt have gone down over 79% and have dropped 88% at Century and Silver. There are currently 49 intersection safety cameras in the city of Winnipeg. We are joined now by Inspector Doug Roxburgh with the Winnipeg Police Service. Good morning, Inspector. Good morning. So those statistics for the three intersections cited are impressive. Are they representative of what we are seeing at the other 46 sites around the city? Just Slow Down campaign is all about educating the public to what is the capabilities of the photo radar program. And I think overall, uh, uh, the the stats that are presented are ind- indicative of uh, of the community as a whole slowing down uh, and uh, less uh, offenses being issued to the tune of 80%. And yes, that's a widespread statement across the board in terms of City of Winnipeg. Slowing down at those intersections, Inspector, but there are those that have suggested this morning, and I'm sure you've heard it throughout the years, that people know where their cameras are. So yeah, they, the stats might show that they slow down at those intersections, but then they carry on their way and maybe speed up right after. What do you, what's your response to that? The best way to respond to that is, of course, we're, we're, um, we don't really have a say on how, how much uh, input we have in terms of the uh, photo radar. I mean, uh, I can tell you I I get calls uh, every week for people looking to address speeding issues in their community. And as a whole, we're very limited as to how we can deploy uh, photo radar. So it's uh, it's really quite a uh, it's quite a heated uh, conversation within our community in terms of where we deploy, how we deploy. But again, we're very much limited in regards to what we can do in that regard. Probably won't surprise you that. Oh, go ahead, Loren. I was just going to say, but, you know, is is there any further data to show that the speeders who might might have once speeded at those intersections are speeding down overall? And again, that's that's one of those statements where we can't control everybody 24 hours of the day. Um, if we're accomplishing the task of people are aware that there's a photo radar there or there's the potential for a photo radar uh, and people slow down, then we view that as a win. Uh, it, when it comes to policing, uh, env- environmental uh, changes really impact the way the community responds. I mean, think about it in terms of a residential street where they put a speed bump down. Okay, people know it's there. They slow down. That that is a positive impact on uh, the community as a whole, uh, and uh, ultimately uh, keeps people safe. So uh, that that would be my response to people that uh, speak negatively about knowing where the photo radars, uh, photo radar cameras are. If they know it's there, they're slowing down. Then I think it's doing its job. So for those who insist it's a cash grab and not about safer streets, uh, what's your reaction to that kind of uh, comment? So my, my response to that is, as a police service, Just Slow Down is one of the campaigns that we do along with all kinds of other social media and all kinds of other campaign blitzes to educate the public on the dangers of driving, speeding, and uh, all that stuff. And uh, ultimately, when we, we get beyond that piece, sometimes the education piece has to involve a financial component. And we're not going to deny that the aspect that photo radar has a financial side to it. So, uh, but it's about safety first and, and educating. And ultimately, there is a financial component to it. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that.
before we let you go, Inspector Roxburgh, uh, this whole idea, you mentioned speed bumps, and there are lots of people in our community, and I put my hand up. I, I'm one of them. I believe in photo enforcement. I believe that it has an impact on some folks, not everyone, but I think that uh, it should be used in conjunction with more safety measures like speed bumps, flashing lights, these sorts of things. Is there an evolving plan with regard to photo enforcement, your overall enforcement, and a look to in ways to find other ways to get people to, as you say, just slow down? You know what? We work very closely with road safety committees, uh, Manitoba Association Chiefs of Police. We discuss a lot of dynamics when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, one of the, the aspects of uh, educating the public is, of course, uh, f- photo photo uh, reminders of how fast they're going. Uh, and so perhaps giving people, uh, you know, signboards saying you are now entering this intersection at 70 kilometers an hour. Hopefully educating people that that's a, a cue to slow down, that sort of thing. So, yeah, we are looking at all kinds of different um, technology, uh, educational opportunities for sure. Inspector Doug Roxburg with the Winnipeg Police Service joining us live on 680 CJOB. Inspector, thank you very much. All the best. Bye-bye. Mackling McGarry McNabb, we've got tickets to give away for the Western Final based on the question, which house would you stay in and why talking about houses from movies and tv shows because the home alone house it's an actual real house in illinois and you can rent it now on airbnb so we've been asking you where would you stay so greg i see uh fish is going to mash fish is going to mash he says hi brett i would choose the swamp from mash hanging out with hawkeye trapper and old ferret face would keep me in stitches not to mention the still would provide endless cocktails so there's no promise that any of those people would be there but fish i like the way you're thinking um this we had somebody ask about the millennium falcon well this listener says wait for it I'd like to spend the weekend on the Death Star. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to float around space and have a big party? And uh, I, I, I kind of wonder, I said to him, like, I, I sort of wonder what they have for entertainment up there other, other than blowing up planets. <laughs> Do you need there's, more than that? <laughs> there's got to be a pool or something in there. I mean, it's a floating city. Yeah, they didn't seem to have a whole lot of fun up there. Not a lot of time for, you know, fun and games. Loren, I see we've got a bunch of quick hitters here from Jill, Greg, Jen. Yeah, so Jill said, hi, I would love to stay in the Brady Bunch house. I love retro. And we actually got quite a few Brady Bunch uh, suggestions this morning. Greg said, I'd choose Castle Grayskull. No other reason than I thought that toy was awesome as a kid. He's (laughs) He's right, right. it was. Yeah. And Jen has a good one as well. Hogwarts. I want to see talking paintings and suits of armor. See the staircases move. Sleep in the huge four-poster bed. Meet the giant squid. See the Wampy Willow play Quidditch. Visit the shops in Hogsmeade and feast in the Great Hall. There are so many other things. I can't list them all. I'd love to know from people who watch those movies, if you also read the books, did the movie houses and magic match what your imagination conjured up? Because there's lots of houses from books that I love, but then when they've been turned into movies, you're like, meh. That's not what I was thinking. That's a great point because I'm actually like I'm terrible at at seeing things when I read them. I sort of I kind of have a general idea, but with something like Hogwarts, never in my wildest dreams would I have been able to conjure 
what they came up with on the screen. Now, to be fair, I had seen some of the movies before I read the book, so I already knew what I was picturing as I read them. But I, yeah, I wonder what would be, what would be better. So that's also feel free to weigh in on that at 204-780-6868. So here's what's, what's going to happen. We have not yet selected a winner. Uh, we've... M- we, <laughs> this is the problem. With, we're still in separate rooms, so we have to communicate via text. So sometimes we don't make it to the deadline uh, with a winner being chosen. Uh, let's just go with what we decided. De- declare it. Yeah. I mean, I know we didn't decide it. I decided. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> go with what I decided. Okay. Fair enough. We're going with Dennis. And uh, this is actually really touching. Dennis went a different, a little bit of a different direction here. But uh, Dennis says, my father passed away in 1986 and I couldn't be at peace with his passing. For years, I would have a dream where I would see him in a crowd of people and I would call out, dad, and would run towards him. He would turn a corner and when I reached the corner, he would be gone. After 10 years of these kinds of dreams, I finally saw him about a half a block away. So again, I called Dad. And again, he turned the corner. I ran to the corner, and I saw him turn another corner, and I ran. This time, I saw him go into a house. I knocked on the door, and he answered and said, come in. I finally made peace and had closure with my dad's passing. This is the house I would spend Christmas in if I could. I would take my wife my two boys with me to meet their grandfather and father-in-law. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to remember. Dennis, that uh, that really touched us all. So we just wanted to say thank you for sharing that. And congratulations, you're going to the Western Final, Dennis! Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, December means, of course, that it is the festive season, a time to be merry for many of us. But for many others, it can be one of the toughest times of the year, which is why 680 CJOB and Global News are teaming up once again for the season of giving. For the next four weeks, Brett will highlight an organization doing great things in our community and let you know how you can get involved. So this week, we're so pleased to introduce you to Transforming Style, which helps people on their personal style journey so their outwards appearance matches who they are on the inside. Sam Bramer is the co-founder of Transforming Style and joins us now. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. So help us understand, what is Transforming Style all about? Transforming Style provides support, uh, beauty and styling services, as well as entire wardrobes, all cost-free to the 2SLGBTQIA plus community. And, why, and what was the impetus for this, Sam? How did you come about thinking, you know what, I think there's a, there's a need out here? Definitely. So lots of people within the queer community not only face socioeconomic barriers, but also barriers to access. And it can be really overwhelming to go into a mall or a big box store and really shop for your true self. So Transforming Style offers a one-on-one with a personal stylist. It's individualized and personalized in a non-judgmental zone. Sam, can you expand a little bit on that that economic standpoint and why that is the case? We've heard this before, but maybe for our listeners who don't understand the correlation, you could expand on that. Sure. So lots of members within the community face barriers um, due to mental health, and due to issues um, with really um, being their true self within the community. And these barriers um, 
go beyond the style journey. And that's why we have therapists and peer support workers on our team. So once we go through this style journey, many folks still require um, extra support. So we have all these services and they are all cost free. So how do people react after they come to you for help? It's been really heartwarming um, to see the look on these folks' faces when they come out of the change room and, you know, tell us how pretty they look or how confident they feel. That's really the ultimate reward. I bet. And, you know, when you talk about Sam, you highlighted a little bit there, you know, maybe somebody who's transitioning when they go to a mall or store, that comfort level might not exist there. And you're really giving them that. How is it different, that experience, than maybe what they might go through the first, second, third, fourth time in a, in a clothing store in a, in a larger space like a mall? Mm-hmm. So not only um, do we have that one-on-one attention, but our entire team is made up of folks within the queer community. Mm-hmm. So we're really changing the narrative of how retail should look and be more mm-hmm. inclusive. And that's why we're actually launching Transforming Retail, which we're going to offer consulting for retail stores within Manitoba on how they can be more inclusive and diverse. Well, there, there seems to be an economic uh, benefit to doing that, right? As, as more individuals become comfortable with who they really are and are willing to be their genuine self, Sam, that sounds as though that's going to be a growing marketplace. And I'm an entrepreneur, so I've got my entrepreneur's hat when I'm asking you that question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And as folks, you know, become more confident and comfortable with who they are, and while more spaces like retail spaces become inclusive and diverse, then folks will be comfortable shopping in these places. And, you know, uh, nonprofits like us exist because these places aren't inclusive and diverse enough for us to feel comfortable to go shopping. So being a nonprofit, um, you know, we're highlighting your organization so that uh, Manitobans can pitch in and help out. So what would you need in terms of donations or contributions? Uh, Yeah, so we're looking for donations of clothing, footwear, accessories, jewelry. We're also looking for monetary donations as we head into the holidays. Folks can simply go to our website, transformingstyle.ca, and click on the donate page. And we're also outgrowing our current space because we have such a high demand for our, our services. So we actually are looking for additional space and a bigger warehouse space. Man, Sam, you know, you talked about how it was to see the clients and and the smiles on their faces as they come out with their new wardrobe or their new look. But how are you feeling with all this? You've started something based on a really awesome idea and you're expanding and growing it. I mean, what's that like for you to watch the growth of uh, Transforming Style? Um, It's really just personally rewarding for me because I just want to give back to the community. And with my background in nonprofit management, I just really want to do some good in this world. Sam, before we ask you for some details on how to get in touch, just for, just give us an idea of why it's so important for that outward appearance to match what's inside a person. Sure. I think to really sum it up, I would quote my style icon, Rachel Zoe, who said, Style is a way to say who you are without having to speak. And how do people get in touch with Transforming Style? People can follow us on social media at Transforming Style and send us a message. Visit our website, transformingstyle.ca, or email us at info at transformingstyle.ca. 
All right. Well, hey, Sam, thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much for having me. Sam Bramer is the co-founder of Transforming Style, uh, joining us live on 680-CJOB. That website, once again, transformingstyle.ca. Season of Giving is brought to you by Bathfitter. It just fits. And just a point on the, you know, being able to wear Mm -hmm. something that matches what's inside. I mean... Just this morning, I was like, I, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to wear. And I was actually like, I, I don't know why I was being so indecisive, but I just, I wanted to wear one thing and I thought, eh, I, I, I might feel self-conscious about that. And it was for no other reason than I thought I might look stupid, but to be able to wear something that truly matches what's inside, you know, I think that that's probably a concept that a lot of us don't quite understand. So I think it's great, Loren, that we've got organizations like this that are that are there to help those who need it. I think it's actually just also opening up your mind to the, the, that possibility that it is hard for many people to walk into a store and try something on and, and feel like you might be getting looks or feel like you might be being judged. I mean, there are days, even even myself, you know, I just don't want to, If I, I might need a, a new sweater or a new pair of shoes and I just don't even want to look in the mirror. Like you're just not in the mood for it, you know, and, and you're not feeling like your best self. And so to think that uh, Sam has had this concept to help others, but to see its growth shows you that there's that need out there. So I, that's a serious kudos to him. That's wonderful. Yeah, I feel uh, very much educated after that previous segment. Sam, uh, thanks for the work that you're doing. And uh, this is a, a wonderful way for us to to understand people that, that are in our community that either maybe not be part of our everyday lives, people that we don't know one-on-one, and uh, just this idea of accepting one another and others accepting of themselves who they genuinely are. Just a real special concept. I, I really enjoyed that. Because we're, no, we're not as inclusive as we like to think we are. I think Fair that, point. That's, a, that's something that we sometimes forget. Like, yes, we've come a long way. But, for example, I have a young friend who is he's a gay man. He's loud and proud about it, and I salute him. And for he does a lot of great stuff in the community. And he went to a concert, I think it was just over the summer, and uh, he wore makeup. And he took all kinds of heat for it on social media. The hatred that was being hurled his way just made me so angry. Here he is trying to, to do what he wants to do and feel the way he wants right. to feel. And he's the target of hatred. So uh, we're not, there's still a lot of work. We're not there do. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Transformingstyle.ca is the website. And we will continue to focus on a number of organizations over the next few weeks during this season of giving with 680 CJOB and Global Winnipeg. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.